This episode is brought to you by Progressive Insurance. Whether you love true crime or comedy, celebrity interviews or news, you call the shots on what's in your podcast queue. And guess what? Now you can call them on your auto insurance too with the Name Your Price tool from Progressive. It works just the way it sounds. You tell Progressive how much you want to pay for car insurance and they'll show you coverage options that fit your budget. Get your quote today at Progressive.com to join the over 28 million drivers who trust Progressive. Progressive Casualty Insurance Company and Affiliates. Price and coverage match limited by state law. Presented by T-Mobile, the official wireless partner of Odyssey Sports. With an awesome network and great savings, there's never been a better time to join T-Mobile. Visit your neighborhood store to make the switch today. Bring him in now, our good buddy Dave Schrader, a sports reporter and anchor for WBAY-TV in Green Bay. Dave, how you doing, buddy? I'm doing well. How about you, Bill? Well, we're hanging in there, I guess, is the best way to possibly put it. Um, now, let me ask you this, because this is what I've been talking about all day. I read this late last night. There was an article in USA Today yesterday talking about the NBA and uh, getting back to it, so to speak. And then at the very end of this, it uh, takes uh, some of the nationally renowned doctors that say, well, um, you know what? You can't allow fans back in the stands until you have a mass-produced vaccine and such, and then... Uh, we don't have that uh, coming for at least a year. So you tell me, do you think we see fans in the stands again this year? Do I think we do, or do I hope yeah. we do? Uh, see, that's a tough thing to wrap your head around because there's conflicting viewpoints on every side of every story. It just depends who you listen to these days. Uh, I hope we do for football season. I hope we can for some sort of playoffs for the NBA and whatnot, but I'm not holding my breath on it. But I saw on Twitter you were talking about should we have sports if fans aren't allowed, and I 100% think so. Think how many millions of people watch mega sporting events on TV versus the many thousand that watch in person. I think sports is a really good thing for community, even if the community can't get together. Imagine if the Bucks get back and go on a playoff run, even if there are no fans in the stands, that's going to be big for people. And the Packers, too, if they play even – an empty Lambeau field would be better than not playing at all, I think. Right. I uh, I find it interesting. A lot of people seem to think that it's instead of bringing in 70,000 to Lambeau Field, bring in 15,000 or 10,000 and separate everybody by 10 seats and three rows and all that kind of stuff. I Maybe they go in that I direction. I don't know. I, I do, too. I think it would be very tough uh, because if you start to see two people together, are they related? Do they live in the same house, or are they people that just want to high-five one another? I, I think it becomes very difficult at that point. So yeah, I don't I know what they're going really to do. I, can you imagine football without fans in the stands? I can. I mean, we've been forced to imagine a lot of scenarios during this, and then we've had to see those scenarios. I, nothing is off the table at this point. Everything can be part of a new normal and getting back to normal piece by piece. But I think one of the big pieces is having the events. If, if it's healthy, if it's safe for the players to play and the coaches to coach and the TV camera guys to be there to bring it to us all, I, I think they should go on with sports, not just from a business perspective would it be good for them, but I think as society we crave that. I mean, I am missing sports. The, the horse tournament ESPN is airing, they're just throwing darts at the board right now. And I, I don't blame them for trying, but I would much rather see sports with no fans than people playing horse via Skype on ESPN. Um, now getting on to uh, what is the hopefulness that is going to be the NBA or the NFL season. Uh, first of all, how are you guys planning on covering the NFL draft, which is going to take place next week? 
Well, we're just going to probably be social distanced. Uh, I'm guessing uh, I'll be reporting from home. I'm guessing Chris Ross will be in the studio, and we'll just try to bring you the latest details on whoever the Packers pick. What I would hope is that they're still able to facilitate some conference calls for us to interview the players when they're picked, the, the way they provided conference calls at Lambeau Field when we were congregated in mass in years past. Because we'd love to get to know those guys immediately and ask them questions. But I'm really ready for whatever comes our way. and It's going to be really kind of interesting to watch it all go down. It'll feel a lot like our fantasy drafts at home in August always do. You're in a bunch of different locations. You're watching people pick. And then you're just texting back and forth about it, except, of course, in our business, we'll be providing TV reports back and forth from a different bunch of different locations. Um, when you uh, look at the, the NFL, well, you, when you, let's just start with the Packers first and foremost. When you look at the Green Bay Packers and the way they're going to do things, most of the uh, war room will be hashed out by the time we get to next week. So I don't. I think it's going to be different. I mean, how do you view the NFL draft with this virtual reality scenario that you know the the commissioner even said he's going to be in his own basement at this point so you you tell me how is this how weird is this going to be and how intrigued are you by all of this i'm very intrigued first and foremost i want to know with the communication more spread out you can't have five guys in a room on a phone and look at a guy and say you got something for me there's no head shaking back and forth to kind of figure it out probably unless there's a lot of zoom meetings i just expect a lot less draft uh, trades. I expect more sticking to your guns, sticking to your board, and going with guys because I think it's going to be really hard to get all that communication done with all of your own scouts and decision makers in different places and then they're calling people with their league contacts with other teams trying to set up trades. I think it's going to be really hard to facilitate that stuff draft night, so I expect a lot more teams will stick with their picks and make their picks. Uh, then the Green Bay Packers obviously had a little bit of movement in the offseason. We've seen free agency uh, again uh, leak into an organization that uh, until Brian Gutekind took over, it took over, really wasn't used too prominently. Uh, give me your thoughts on the moves they've made. I think they've been uh, money-saving ones. Last year they spent the big money to fill some big holes with people who weren't big names, but are big names now is Darius and Preston Smith. This year you're doing all the bargain shopping, and I know that's, you know, a, a little bit of a different thing, but Brian Gutekunst is used to doing things differently. He's not going to be a one-trick pony the way his predecessor was. He's going to look to do anything and everything to help his team, and I think uh, he's sticking to that M.O. by not creating an M.O. He's not just a, a stand pat and draft guy. He's not just a trade back and accumulate draft picks guy. He's not just a splash free agency player. He's doing anything and everything. And while Brian Balaga is better than Wagner, Brian Balaga costs a lot more than Wagner. And then on the other moves, I, I think that's pretty pretty good moves made. I think Devin Funchess will make an immediate impact with this team. I think he's got a lot of skills that a broken collarbone doesn't diminish. Aaron Rodgers doesn't look a whole lot diminished by broken collarbones. He's come back strong from each of his. So I expect Funchess to be a, a big factor for them as well. Um, what is, if you had to put right now your top three needs, what are your top three needs going into this, do you think? Wide receiver, tight end, wide receiver. <laughs> Weapons for Aaron Rodgers. Where does the, where does say uh, additional depth at the tackle position? I don't think right now for what they have, who who's your backup tackle? I think they firmly believe that they could uh, kick out their, their right guard out there and say, hey, 
Mr. Turner, show us that you are that Swiss Army knife that can play up and down the line if they're in a pinch. So I think that's kind of what I would do at tackle if you get an injury is kick Turner out there and see if that can work for you. But, yeah, weapons for Rodgers, it's about time. Uh, the Packers have gone defense first in the draft every year since 2012. So basically all eight years since I've covered the team, I think it's time to go for a receiver and a skill position offensive player for the first time since Javon Walker. I really do. There's so many great receivers out there, and, yes, you can get some in round two and round three. But wouldn't it be nice to get an immediate impact offensive player instead of a guy that you're trying to work into a role? I think the defense at this juncture is good enough to win for the first time in a long time. You know, last year they were good enough to win. You score uh, a few more points, I think you get it done, and maybe if you avoid a matchup with the Niners as well, because that just seemed like kryptonite last year. Yeah, no doubt. Um, then, defensively speaking, the middle linebacking uh, core, um, Oren Burks, I, we're still waiting for him to show us something that's going to make us a believer. Uh, I think if a, a middle linebacker is there, I keep seeing these mock drafts where Patrick Queen may fall and uh, the Packers end up taking him. Uh, do you think the Packers are good if they end up with one of those middle linebackers in the first round? I mean, that wouldn't be a bad thing, but I think Christian Kirksey is an underrated player. I think he is a vast improvement from a coverage standpoint over Blake Martinez. Um, from all I hear, that's one of his biggest strengths. Uh, he may not be the tackling machine that Blake Martinez was, but he may make more impact plays for you. I'm interested to see how that works out. And Christian Kirksey is a guy that his teammates love. He was a captain with the Browns. He's already donating to the Green Bay local community during this pandemic, even before he moves to town. He, he seems like a really good, genuine guy, and I can't wait to meet him and see how he works with that defense. As I said, you know, they may – I've never gotten a mock draft pick of mine correct. You're really throwing darts, especially with the Packers often picking late in the first round. But I really think they do need to go receiver or tight end, but I really think receiver, for the first time in a long time, can make the biggest difference for this team. I'm talking with Dave Schrader, sports reporter and anchor for WBAY-TV in Green Bay. You, you talk about the tight end position. Does this mean that there's not a lot of belief in Sternberger or Robert Tanyan, some of the guys they currently have in the fold? No, I think that Sternberger very well could be a really good pro. We just don't know yet, and I think the Packers do need some more depth there. Mercedes Lewis, great locker room guy. Um, great blocker. Um, I think you need to plan for the future, though, at that position. Now, if you really believe in Jay Sternberger, Stan Pat, maybe don't take one till day three this time around, but I would be looking to develop depth at the skill positions for the Packers if I were Brian Goodekunst right now. Because for the first time, as I said in a long time, I think that defense is good enough. You don't want to be one injury away on offense from, from taking a big step back. And I think bolstering the weapons is huge, especially as Aaron Rodgers gets older. Uh, I See, I agree. I, I just keep looking at the defense going, okay, does the offense, and can Aaron Rodgers, let me ask you this, because if the defense doesn't get better, let's say they do run into the buzzsaw that is San Francisco, does the offense have enough, and does Aaron Rodgers, do you believe, have enough to then play either catch up or, or keep away? You know what I mean? Because if you can't rely on your defense to get the stop and, and to be able to, if it comes down to a last-minute drive, you want, the, you want the ball in the hands of Aaron Rodgers or do you want the ball to be stopped by your defense? Does Aaron Rodgers have enough in the tank with additional weaponry to be able to say, we can get the job done, no problem? Absolutely. I already think that there's an improvement over last year when you let Geronimo walk to Detroit and you bring in Devin Funches. 
And if you just stack upon that uh, an immediate impact rookie, which those are often rare for the last 10 years or so, there weren't a whole lot of immediate impact rookie receivers. But the last two years, Seattle got a lot out of DK Metcalf. The year before, Atlanta got a lot out of Calvin Ritz. The Packers want to be able to do that. And I think that they, with Devontae Adams, Devin Funches, Sternberger emerging, and a first-round rookie receiver, I think they can be way more dangerous than last year, especially when you keep in mind that it's year two before working with Rodgers. The way things were fine-tuned and working in December and into January before they ran into San Francisco could be how they're operating maybe in September and October. Remember, we may not have a normal offseason, normal training camp. Teams that have stuff in place already are going to be – I think ahead of the curve. Just think of the lockout. The Packers were coming off their Super Bowl year, and they rattled off 13 straight wins to start the season. It looked amazing, even without much of a, a ramp up to that. I think Matt LaFleur got the system in place. I think the people there are comfortable. You add a weapon or two, and that offense can be really good really quick. Always great to chat, my friend. Continue to stay well, and uh, it should be a rather interesting week next week as the uh, draft unfolds before our very eyes. Dave, appreciate it always, buddy. Okay? Yeah, thanks, Bill. Thanks, pal. Talk to you soon. Dave Schrader, sports reporter and anchor for WBAY-TV in Green Bay. You can find him on Twitter at Schrader. W-B-A-Y, at Schrader, W-B-A-Y. Joins us on the Schneider Orange Hotline. Schneider hiring drivers right now. You work hard, they treat you fair. 80-plus years they've been getting it done. Call them 844-PRIDE or go to schneiderjobs.com. Okay, picture this. It's Friday afternoon when a thought hits you. I can spend another weekend doing the same old whatever, or I can hop into my all-new Hyundai Santa Fe and hit the road. With available H-Track all-wheel drive and three-row seating, my whole family can head deep into the wild. Conquer the weekend in the all-new Hyundai Santa Fe. Visit HyundaiUSA.com or call 562-314-4603 for more details. Hyundai, there's joy in every journey.